hope you're hope you're doing well. I hope you're encouraged this week. Um, I hope you're in that in that sweet spot in your relationship with the Lord. Not because everything is going great for you circumstantially, but because you know you're walking with the Lord. Uh, I, I, uh, I hope that you're there tonight. And uh, you know, if if you're if you're floundering in that a little bit, maybe maybe uh, being here tonight will encourage you in that regard. But Judges chapter 17, and we got into this a little bit last week. And I was talking to Tammy uh, later and just said, you know, that's the story of Samson had a lot of twists and turns. I, I would call it, you know, kind of a wild story. Going with the W's here, Brother, brother Randy. If that one was wild, this one's just weird. <laughs> um, and sometimes I wonder, you know, like, why, why is that even in there? But there are some some really good parallels here in this story of, of, uh, of Micah and his mother and this young man that he brought on to be a priest. And, uh, you know, to, the, the parallels I see pretty clearly there are just the parallels to man-made religion. You know, man-made religion. And so let's read what we've seen so far. It says, And there was a man of Mount Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said unto his mother, The eleven hundred shekels of silver that were taken from thee, about which thou curseth, and spaketh of also in my ears, behold, the silver is with me, I took it. His mother said, Blessed be thou of the Lord my son. Do you remember this from last week, right? And when he had restored the eleven hundred shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my, from my hand for my son to make a graven image and a molten image. And what a what two contrasting thoughts there. I had dedicated this money to the Lord uh, to make an idol, to make a graven image, which is one of the things that God specifically says not to do. So um, yes, there's, there's a problem there. In verse 4, yet he restored the money unto his mother, and his mother took 200 shekels of silver and gave them to the founder, who made thereof a graven image and a molten image. So they followed through with this. And they were in the house of Micah. So there was idolatry in the house. Um, there was idols in the house. And uh, what's, you know, our, the, the, the Bible says that our hearts are the temple of the Holy Spirit, um, dwelling place. And, uh, and, you know, that's a lot of times where we, we harbor idolatry is, is, in, our, is in our hearts, in that, in that dwelling place. Um, in those days, there was no, and it says in, in, uh, in, in sorry, verse uh, uh, five and the man Micah had a, a house of gods, and made an ephod, and teraphim, and consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. And so he he just had this whole little religious system going on there. Uh, and it is amazing, you know, how many attempts there are. In the heart of man, and because it's in the heart of man, then it's expressed in so many different ways. But it's always like the same spirit, but just different ways. Um, just man-made religion. You know, alternatives for just truly 
worshiping the one true God in a heart's relationship with him. And we know that the way God set it up for his people was that they follow his ways and that they, they work together, you know, to do that. Um, to get with God's people, to, to encourage God's people. Uh, you know, it wasn't the church age, but it was, still, it was still set up so that his people individually could be a part of his people corporately. And, uh, and, and so many times you see people kind of just get an independent spirit, even in the name of, you know, supposedly having a relationship with God. Um, you've heard the phrase, get with the program. Well, God's program is, I hate to tell people this, but it's, it's the organized local church. And, uh, and people like to call it organized religion. Now, organized religion is what people have come up with as alternatives to God's way, right? Organized biblical Christianity is the local church. And God has a method through all of that. It's his program. And when people, you know, they get independent spirited in that and, and, and they say, well, you know, we're just going to do, we're going to do like home church because... We kind of have a, uh, you know, a special little angle on, on Christianity that's the right way and nobody else seems to see it. So we're just going to do, you know, we're going to have our, just our own little thing going on. You've got you to get with the program because that's not God's program. Um, our local churches, you know, perfect for as much as they're in line with God's program, they will be. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we're, we're working towards that. We're, we're trying to get, you know, those things in line and, and, and adhere to them. God's, God's idea, his, his ways are perfect. They're mismanaged a lot by, by human beings. Um, but the answer isn't to come up with your own deal, you know, to come up with your own thing. And I just see, you know, some, some, uh, some, some parallels to that, to that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and then, and, you know, I mean, cults get started, people wanting to just define, define uh, Christianity the way they want to define it, with their own special spin on it, and, and then they, they, they get doing their own thing, you know? Um, I believe the biblical approach is to work together with as m many other people who are saved by grace through faith that want to adhere to God's word in the locale in which he has put us to work together with as many as possible who sincerely want to serve the Lord and, 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 and teach the true gospel. And I know it's hard in, in our society because there's so many flavors of Christianity now, you know. And, uh, but maybe there's so many flavors because people got away from that idea of, you know, okay, this is, this is our community. This is where God has put us. We're the Christians here. Let's all get together as those who are saved by grace through faith, that we believe in the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we believe in the word of God. 
Let's continue to work together to follow the Word of God as much as possible and to have teachers and preachers that help us with that. I mean, I think you'd probably see a lot more unity in Christianity if that was, if that was the approach. Instead, it's, it's, just, it's just like everybody, you know, the first thing that we have a difference on, instead of trying to really sincerely go into the Scriptures to resolve it, we'll say, well, you know what? We're just going to go have our own group then. You know, we're just going to go do our own thing then. And so you got that, and then you got that, and then you got that, and then you got, you know, they're doing this, and they're doing that, and then we're separating over this, and we're separating over that. And believe me, it's become necessary. I mean, there's, you know, true followers of Yahweh, you know, Elohim, uh, the word of God, what he had manifested to them in, in his word through Moses and others, they had to separate from this, right? They couldn't have fellowship with a guy who's going to have idolatry in his house and, and uh, lead people to bow down to a graven image, right? Um, and so it does become, you have to have biblical separation. But it is a shame, isn't it, that even in the name of Christianity, you have so much, you have just so much uh, um, division and... Uh, and then, and then it turns into, you know, people um, isolating themselves. Uh, you know, you have little camps. You have little camps that isolate themselves to the degree that they undermine others that they don't want to be associated with that are just as strong in, in, in believing the scriptures as they are. But they find some points of minutiae you know, in which they're going, to be the, they're going to be the ones that, you know, stand over here in this little corner and protect this thing to, to the extent of, of not wanting to have fellowship with, with uh, you know, and it's just, it's just divisive. It's divisive. And this guy should have been seeking out, if he really wanted to serve the Lord, he should have been seeking out other believers in God and uh, seeing what God's word said together with them and teaming up with God's people to have accountability, you know? They could have helped him with some of the things. It seemed like there was a certain part of him that wanted to do what was right and serve the Lord, right? And uh, to have accountability and leadership there. But instead, he, just, he, he, uh, he was coming up with his own way of doing things. And, and it really comes down to this. Look at verse 6. And in those days, there was no king in Israel... But every man did that which was right, what? In his own eyes. Lord, just help us as we think about this truth a little bit further. And, uh, and some of these stories, initially, I, I confess, Lord, that I read them and I, and I wonder what the purpose for them is. But as the more I dwell on it and, and meditate, Lord, there's, there's so much to be learned and, uh, and so many parallels and and, Lord, certainly this sobering truth, that this is the propensity of our hearts, Lord. And uh, uh, we, like sheep, have gone astray, gone everyone unto his own way. And, and uh, that's where our, our hearts tend to lead us. So, Lord, I pray that uh, you speak to us now in these few minutes that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. And so the king is, a, is it's, it's the figurehead, the leader. Um, much of the Old Testament gives a picture of you know, a theocracy where God was directly the king. There came a time, of course, when they wanted to have kings like the, 
you know, why can't we have a, a human king like all the people around us? Well, why do you want to be a pe like the people around you when you're a special people under me? No, we really want one. Well, the kings are going to gonna use you and they're going to tax you and they're going to take your land. And, and no, we still really want one, you know. So God said, okay, you know, go ahead. Um, but here the idea is that they didn't have, they really didn't have any sort of visionary um, heartfelt leadership. And, and so what happened? Everybody just did what was right in their own eyes, right? The head of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. I know it's not talking about the church here, but just like by way of illustration, I was thinking about this, you know. King of kings and Lord of lords, he's to be the head of the church. And it just seems like in Christianity today we have, you know, just a lot, a lot of that spirit. Everybody wants to do what's right in their own eyes, you know. And they don't, they don't want to, so many times they don't want to put themselves under, you know, leadership. The way things God set it up. To be accountable, um, you know, to... It's just an independent spirit. It's an independent spirit. And, you know, they want the elements of... They want the elements of serving God to a certain degree. They, 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 they know in their hearts, a heart of hearts, that that's important. But it's still just keeping that. It's keeping that at arm's length so I can still keep the spirit of doing, you know, what I want to do. Everybody just wanted to do what's right in their own eyes. Want to do what's right in their own eyes. And a lot of false religions, which is really the, the spirit, that, that's what that leads to, uh, man-made religion is just that. Man-made religion is me harboring what I want in my own heart and then building on top of that, right? Um, and it can lead to all kinds of different things. It can... It can, it can it can lead to a person who never really comes in under the, the yieldedness to the Lord Jesus Christ. It can, uh, it can lead to a family, uh, to, you know, then to a family which never really, um, you know, is, is, is submissive for the Lord and, and you know, God-given God leadership. Um, and then it can lead to, it can lead to uh, you know, weird, I mean, this is weird. Okay, let's read a little further. You ever seen some of the cults that are out there? And you think, why on earth would people go along with that? Be encouraged that the gospel and Christianity actually makes sense. And if you can get some of this wacky stuff, you know, <laughs> people like adhere to, it's because people are searching for something, right? And because they've never been given the truth, you know, the first one that really seems to have a passion for what they believe that comes along and gives them something, yeah, we'll go along with that. Be encouraged that you have something that actually makes sense and holds water for eternity. Um, don't be afraid to share it because people are falling for a lot of weird stuff today. Believe me. Um, you probably don't even want to read about it as much as I have. But... Uh, <laughs> So it says, in those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And it's kind of interesting how it inserts that into, into the context here. It's almost like parenthetical. And there was a young man um, out of Bethlehem, Judah, of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, 
And he sojourned there. Now, here's another one. I mean, he came from great home situation, setting, lineage. He's a Levite. From those that, uh, that had a special, you know, a special place of service unto the Lord. And the man departed out of the city of Bethlehem, Judah. So it seems like he's going to look for something more when he had it all, really, to sojourn where he could find a place. He had a place. He came to the Mount Ephraim to the house of Micah as he journeyed. So he said, look, so here, here's one, I mean, just by way of illustration again, some parallels. So many times you hear, um, who gets duped by these cults or by weird stuff? It's a, many times it's a young person who is disillusioned or um, disgruntled at something, you know, they, 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 and as, as far as, you know, in the church, and, and they feel like maybe, you know, they didn't get everything. Maybe they were just ungrateful. Maybe they, maybe they were wronged by somebody. And so they, they, they go to find a place somewhere else, you know, maybe something that's more, more where they feel accepted or where they feel, you know, they, they can uh, um, get some sort of somehow the desires of their heart that they didn't get where God had them. And that's sort of what I see going on here. You know, he had, a, he had a home. He had a place. He was a Levite. Um, he had the, the inside track, really, in a lot of ways, into serving God. But he goes, and what happens? He falls in with this guy, Micah, who's, you know, building shrines and making himself and his family, you know, priests' clothing and, and, and building his own little religion. Okay. So this Micah, a would-be Levite, a leader in God's people, worship, um, he falls in with, 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 with Micah. Micah said to him, Whence comest thou? And he said to him, I'm a Levite of Bethlehem, Judah, and I go to sojourn where I may find a place. I'm looking for purpose and meaning still. And Micah said to him, Dwell with me. And be unto me a father and a priest, and I will give thee ten shekels of silver by the ear, a suit of apparel, thy victuals. So the Levite went in. He fell for it. You know, acceptance is a powerful thing. Um, and the devil knows that. You know, the, you think, why, why, do, why do kids join gangs? They're full, they're full of all kinds of, uh, um, you know, violence and, and foolishness. And why do kids join? Because they, they offer them acceptance, right? Um, a lot of times, sodomites will prey upon somebody who's vulnerable and offer them a special acceptance. And that's how they groom them and, and allure them. Cults, they, they especially connect with, with those that are they're looking, for some, they're looking for acceptance, right? And they offer them accept, they offer them a place, a place, right? They offer them a place. And, you know, as much as we, we all enjoy acceptance, we have to be very careful about where we're looking for acceptance. 
You know, I try to encourage my boys, look, you, you don't have to be accepted by everybody. In fact, there's those that you don't want to be accepted by. Right? Because if you're looking to be accepted by the wrong person, you're going to do what you feel they want you to do in order to be accepted. <laughs> and so Micah said, hey, come in here, you know. Um, I know you were a Levite over here, but come in here and you can be a priest here. And... Uh, you know, and you can make money, and this is going to be a great setup for you. And, uh, and we get our own, we're building our own little religion here. And, and, but you can be a part of this. You can be a special part of this, right? And, and so it says, uh, um, and the Levite was content to dwell with the man. And the young man was unto him as one of his sons. And Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest. And it was in the house of Micah. Then said Micah, Now uh, know I that the Lord will do me good, seeing I have a Levite to be my priest. And so that to me is just a, it's a picture of the founding <laughs> of just a, a man-made um, you know, religion there. And uh, it's interesting. There's probably a lot more that could be uh, pointed out there, but um, there's a few practical things and and um, feel free to study that more in depth. But it's a, it's it's a it's it's a it is a it is a, a strange situation. And I wonder I wonder you know this young man who went there from Bethlehem Judah of oh, the family of Judah. He had a family back there. He had a family that was probably concerned about him and praying for him and thinking, what is he getting into? You know, um, we were serving God here, and he was in line to be a leader for this. And what has he gotten himself into? They're over there making images, and they have a shrine set up, and they, they have this house of gods. And how could he fall for that? Well, the devil's slick. The Bible says that, right? It doesn't use those words, but it says he's uh, more subtle than all of them, right? Yeah, he's slick. So, I guess whoever's listening to this, you know, the Lord will apply it as he, as he wants to. Let's pray.